when your students see that you have your own challenge that you're developing, they will look at you with more respect. Exactly. Hey, look, I've been through this. Hey, I'm going through this right now. Hi, this is Mick Tully, and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. On today's show, I'm absolutely honoured. Uh, one of the great things about doing martial arts and travelling the world doing it is you actually get to meet up with people that are friends of yours on Facebook. And then it's great to meet in the real world finally, right? I've got today the one and only. I'm going to have to try and work out all these titles because I know it's Guru, Sifu, Coach. I know there's there as well with the CSW. The one and only used to be, it used to be Southside Carly. Is it still? Yeah, we're still going to have that, but we're still, we're MKG Chicago as well. MKG Chicago. How's this for a link? The one and only Marcus Charles. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for coming on today, sir. Thank you. Thank you. So, Marcus... We're going to start at the beginning. It's always a good place to start, okay. right? When did you start in martial arts? Well, I started in 1990. Right. Um, I was into weightlifting before. I was right. a real big weightlifter. Then at school, I had run into a guy named Dan Ricardo, who right. had walked up to me and asked me, hey, do you lift? You know, and back then, it was like everybody wore their, their shirts. They were called T. Michael shirts, these big, baggy Right, you know, the, uh, the, clown pants. Yeah, the and, MC Hammer pants. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. That the tan and all that other stuff. And uh, I had run into him and what ended up happening was uh, he asked me if I lifted. I told him, yeah. And he said that he did uh, martial arts and I wasn't a big fan of martial arts per se. This was after, you know, we got to know each other. Yeah. And uh, he did the gun thing on my bicep and I had a big knot on there, a big mouse he put on there. And it was, was kind of sold from that point. And then it reminded me of some articles I was starting to read how Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was one of my big idols, yeah. uh, was a big fan of Bruce Lee because of how cut his abs were. Yeah. And when everything just, everything kind of like all came together yeah. and then I was sold. Uh, yeah. Well, they, it's funny you said that. The TV producer that I work with, we actually interviewed Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow. Uh, yeah. And it, uh, Arnold's, Arnold's, he's a true gentleman, mm-hmm. but he, he he's always maintained that Bruce Lee, he, he's a big believer in the, the physical culture and it's the mind, body, spirit and that whole ancient Greek sort of mentality. Yeah, yeah. If the body is in pretty good shape, the head normally is too. And you didn't find that in the in the, in the weightlifting? Was that the thing? Um, I, it's it's not that. It was just, you know, with the weightlifting, you're, you're in one box. You know what I mean? You're just lifting. You want to get stronger. Hey, look at this cut I got today. And, I, and that's great. That was really cool. And I like that. And I'm trying to get back into that. But with the martial arts, now you're talking more functional yeah. stuff, which is what I really liked. So I figured if you could combine the two, because back then weightlifting and doing martial arts wasn't done really. Now everybody's doing some sort of conditioning, physical sh- strength training, whatever it is. Then, I, like I said, I hooked up with, with Dean and then he introduced me to Paul Vunak, who, who was my, you know... Uh, they just ease yourself into martial arts, right? Yeah, yeah, that was, the guy who's nice and easy, calm. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> And uh, with him, he was really impressed, too, with the shape I was in. Without, I don't want to sound like a braggart. No, no. Uh, so I trained with him, and I was with him for a lot of years, a lot of years. And then I hooked up with Sifu Larry Hartzell. Wow. Which was a phenomenal experience as well. You're talking about two, you know, Paul was a badass, and now you got Sifu Larry, who was like the original. He, but he, he's, he was the original. He was, yeah. the, you know, he was, he was the killer. Yeah. You'll get the guys that would train mm-hmm. and, you know, all really cool in their own right. But yeah. then there was the guy that was like, well, what if we get a guy who's equally as trained? And you, uh, I'm sorry, but. You won't find but, that. No, no. This, <laughs> this guy looked after Mr. T. Yeah. 
right. this is Mr. T's bodyguard. Yes, yes, and I, yeah. I don't know if Mr. T needed a bodyguard. It was like when Rick, Young, uh, Rick Faye told me about Hulk Hogan once. He said, yeah, we looked after Hulk. And I was like, Hulk Hogan's the champion of the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know, in, in the wrestling. So when you were with Paul, was it the functionality that... Yes, that's and again, I was in my 20s, early 20s, and 21 maybe, when I hooked up with... Uh, we all started, like, hanging with Paul. Yeah. And uh, you didn't have MMA back then. I mean, you didn't have UFC, you know, Jiu-Jitsu was just coming on the scene. So, you know, you get into fights, you know, you'd go well, to the What are we bar. talking, 91, 92? 90, 91, 92. Yeah, you see, I've heard all these stories. You know, I was still doing karate back in mm -hmm. those days, but I used to read about Paul, a good friend of mine, Michael Wright, was a big fan of his. And, you know, I can not so much claim lineage to some of the PFS stuff, mm -hmm. but, I, you know, I'm, I'm an instructor with Michael, and all of Michael's syllabus is all based on that. Yeah. And that, yeah, trust me, that Street Fighting series... The whole stuff when the VHS where the eagle had come at the front. Yeah, 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 and I yeah. looked at it and I thought, this is awesome. But um, when you were saying about you know going to a bar and checking it out, that really happened, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, a few times it happened when I was together with him. Yeah, it, it just happened. He just wasn't afraid. He's a guy, and he's not a, an, an imposing figure. You know what I mean? He's just a normal-looking guy, but he just wasn't afraid of anything. But you know, it's still probably the same way. But he's so intense. It's yeah. one of those when you go in and, yeah, I don't have spider sense, but <laughs> whatever <laughs> I have is a close approximation to it yeah. because he is that badass. So was the move from Paul Vunak to Larry Hartzell, was that just because you wanted more depth or was it just... Well, I took a, a little bit flavor? of a break, you know, from martial arts for a number of years. I had some injuries and things like that. And then it was like, you know, let me see what's going on with... You know, I always heard about Sifu Larry Hartzell. Yeah. I Let me see what's going on. And it was nothing. I still was, you know, when I just got back into it, I still was training with Paul. Yeah. But I wanted to branch out. And I seen there's a huge world out there that I wasn't exposed to before. And with Sifu Larry, he's the one who really got me into boxing, which is really like a major for the way I, I've taught over the years. That's like a foundation. For oh, that's, guys, that's, you know? The, yeah, there's three building blocks. Yeah. Thai boxing, boxing, and some sort of grappling. Yeah. yeah. Everything, everything else, you know, yeah, we were doing stick and knife today with, with our Sifu Rick. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, don't get me wrong. I love all that, but there's nothing better. I, you know, Jason, Jason Peterson, Delaire, the musician, yeah. the big guy. Me and him, yeah, we were working out you know, in Birmingham when he was on tour in England. I said to him, I said, do you reckon we're going to stop, you know, the boxing or the tie boxing? He went, when our bodies give up, I think that's it. Yeah. And then luckily enough, hopefully everything else, the way we move is helping us, you mm -hmm. know. One thing that I've always found, if you don't mind me say, uh, just asking you about it, especially with Paul, was for a guy who was so knowledgeable or, and is so knowledgeable, most people, when they find something that's functional, they boil it down and distill it to the lowest common denominator. Whereas with Paul, I saw, you know, he's got that PFS system is really cool. And Larry Hart's all the same. These are like really physically imposing guys who are really, really good. But their depth of knowledge and their wealth of knowledge was something else. Was that mm -hmm. something that you wanted yourself? Or? Well, I, initially, you know, it was like I just wanted to be able to fight. You know what I mean? That yeah. Type of thing. I mean, uh, but then, you know, as I like I said, I got older. You know, you start having adult responsibilities. You don't want to get into a fight because you don't want to lose your house or whatever, the type of thing. Yeah. Um, I was still, you know, bouncing. I bounced for over 15 years. Wow. You know. Uh, in Chicago? In Chicago, yeah. The original Windy City, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> So hooking up with Sifu Larry, knowing all of his stuff, it, you know, how he was, because he was a, a doorman for a number of years yeah. and all that. And just it was just a different feel I wanted. That's yeah. all it was. 
him and Sima Deborah Hartzell are the ones who recommended me to get into the Guru Dan instructor program. Really? Yeah. Uh, I actually, you know, he was basically on his, unfortunately, his deathbed at the time. And I had seen him. I think I was one of the last few guys, his students that had seen him. Right. Yeah, which was an honor in itself. And, you know, and Sima Deborah, you know, was instrumental in letting that happen. And then after he passed away, about a month later, I had got a call from Simo Paula. And I had never applied to be an instructor or anything like that ever. Wow. Uh, not that I wouldn't, not that I didn't want it, but I just never, yeah. you know, it just came out of the blue. And that was like such a great thing that he gave me. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I'm, I'm always at pains on all of my podcasts to always try, especially if any of the guys have trained, trained with Sifu Larry, mm-hmm. I'm always at pains to, to get them to share, you know, at least one or two great stories about him. And it's not so much a legacy alive. It's, you know, me personally, I don't think that anybody that I train under gets enough money. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, know, right, right. you know, we're hanging around, you know, if it's in soccer terms, for the guys in the UK, I'm getting to, you know, play football and Pele is teaching me how to do it. You know, and he, it'd be like Dan Marino over here. Right, right. And, you know, you're not really good at you know, football, Mick, but I'll put the time in with you because you seem like a nice guy. And in the martial arts, we have that. It's like Larry Hartzell was an absolute giant mm-hmm. of a man. And, instrumental you know i know guys in the uk that hosted him and they never paid him you know and rick rick faye used to tell me the story and what's the best larry hartzell story you've got you know it's on the spot here i I mean i i don't really the one is what i just told you that's the one that's in yeah that's where he i mean his knowledge was just great i mean he gave me that but that's a given but but a gift after he's died that that was a special i i can't top that with no no certainly not i can't top that no. Um, but he, one thing also he did do was to tell me to, and I have to be thankful with this as well, obviously Guru Dan, but he also told me to train and keep training with Sensei Eric Paulson. Yeah. And with that was really something because I really at that time wasn't into the whole MMA thing. Yeah. I really wasn't. It just wasn't my thing. I liked more, you know, street military type of stuff, you know. Yeah. I remember I, I trained once with Eric, Sensei Eric, sorry, um, and Sifu Larry was still alive. But when he told me to make sure I keep doing it, I just followed his, his orders, yeah. basically. That was like, I, I would say my number two, okay, Gurdan, yeah. and then that, because even though I wasn't looking to be an MMA fighter, Sensei Eric has changed my life so much. Yeah. Not because, the physical part as well, and again, that's all a given. Yeah. But he made me believe in myself again. There was a point in my life where I felt like the, the confidence level wasn't there. Yeah. And he made me believe in myself that I was a, a person. And his meditation stuff and everything, just him and That's Tanya. That's the Merkaba. Merkaba. And yeah. All that, him and Tanya have been just such great friends to me Yeah. Um, in the martial arts. And that's been a big thing. And now... I like the MMA. Yeah. I'm getting older. I'm, I'm 47, so I'm not going to, you know, try for the UFC. Yeah, but, well, I'm, but I'm 47. It's yeah. like, I never, mm. I never thought when I started training in mm. jiu-jitsu, my professor, Neil Simpkins, said, I don't have a blue belt who isn't a British champion. Mm. So you're going to have to win at the white belt. And then as soon as I won that, it was like, right, and when you get, when you get your blue belt, and I was thinking, oh, yeah, I was expecting to be made a blue belt. And he was like, no, and when you get your blue belt, you're going to have to win it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously wow. I won it a blue, and I still didn't get promoted. Yeah, it's, 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 it's brutal. But Eric is one of the great success stories in the Ino Santo lineage because mm-hmm. this is a guy, again, who people didn't understand his value. You just said something there that really like resonated with me. When you start believing in yourself, I've got like ridiculously unfounded confidence in myself. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? 
But I'm, you know, I look at it this way. I'm world-class at being me. Right. And that's the only gift that I've got that I can pass on when people train. I say, look, believe in yourself. Yeah. Trust me, you're there. There's nobody else. But Eric, he's gone. He's gone. And now everywhere he goes, people understand the value of this guy. They understand the value of if they're in that CSW program, what that actually means. Mm-hmm. And yeah, especially in MMA. MMA is such a young sport that rules are being made up as they're going along. Right, right. You know what I mean? So that's and that's a dangerous place unless you're with someone who's got some cohesion. So we talked about you becoming a branch school in Chicago. Yeah. What do you see that holding for you? Well, the one thing, again, thank you, you know, uh, Guru Rick for giving me that. You know, um, the one thing, the reason I really started to like to train with Guru Rick and the MKG group is because he said one thing that really resonated with me. Everybody has a right to train martial arts. Yeah. Meaning... You don't have to be a world-class athlete to learn martial arts. You could have some physical handicap and still see the beauty in this art. Yeah. You don't have to be, and that's what I, what I love coming here. It's just an enjoyable experience because there's no pressure. There's nobody trying to, you know, it's not like a, I like to call it a pissing contest with anybody, you know what I'm saying? It's just, <laughs> exactly. you just come in here, you're training, you're having to learn some techniques, you get a little sweat, you have a good time. It's just great. Yeah. And that's what uh, I want to bring to the city, you know, and the surrounding area, that feel where, yeah, we have our CSW program. We will yeah. have, you know, where somebody wants it, I could take them to a certain point and then I could push them over to somebody else, you know, like uh, my jiu-jitsu coach, Comprito, who I right, teach at this school. Yeah. You know, he's just phenomenal and uh, he's just been great with Class us. Class act, right? Yeah. But I, I see, that's my point of, with uh, MKG Chicago, with the feel of MKG where you don't have to feel intimidated to come in and see what we're doing. Yeah. You know, it's fun. If you want to take it to that hardcore level, we could take you there. Okay. Yeah. Cause there's other programs we have that I'll, that I can offer, but for the public who just, Hey, what are you guys doing with those sticks? That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, what are you guys doing? I've seen that, you know, the trapping, you know, what it is slapping hand. It looks like you guys are playing, hop, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, um, patty, patty cake and they get into it. They like it. You know what I mean? And, and and that's what's cool. It's like, yeah, you know, you get somebody who's overweight or somebody's not confident in themselves. And then the health benefits that he brings up all the time. And Guru Dan brings it up as well, where you, know, you, you could develop He's a yourself. walking billboard for this. Yeah. You know, this is the thing. People look at it and they say, "What? Yeah, why do you train in martial arts? And I'm just, I feel better now than I did in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I move better easily than in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I have a clarity of thought. I'm still really judgmental, but at least I understand I'm judgmental now. So that's, you know, that's like being a Buddhist, right? Right, right, I know I'm a dickhead, but at least I know I'm a dickhead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's... Well, it's like if somebody calls me an asshole, I say, thank you. You know who I am. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, think that way. I think think the one great thing about the methodology and the training behind it is, and I don't see anyone else doing it, and that's Uh true. And I'm biased because the minute I came to the cardio group, first time ever, and I just... what. I was watching Rick working out and uh-huh. we traveled and he didn't break his workout until he'd done his workout and then he came up. I want to be led by example. I don't yeah. want some guy who weighs 350 pounds telling me that back in the day he could do this. Yeah. I want guys who can do it now right. or a clo- close approximation. It's like, you know, Danny Nosanto just blows me away. Well, it's funny because um, this is kind of a weird analogy because it's nothing to do with martial arts per se, this guy, but... Uh, Everybody sees on Facebook how I train my dog, Bam Bam. Yeah. And his train, <laughs> meaning he goes to a school, Chicago Canine Academy, and the guy who runs it, his name's Jim Morgan. He's an ex uh, 
Vietnam vet, head offensive guy, everything. And he's just, there's no filter in this guy. But the reason I'm bringing him up is he is in, I didn't realize that he's seven years old. I thought he was in his 50s. This guy has such, he's like Guru Dan. He has such physical ability, the way he moves, handles these big dogs. And he's, you know, he talks quick. He's clear. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where I feel... And he works out and everything too, but he doesn't do martial arts. I'm trying to get him to. But yeah. um, somebody at that age who's capable of being functional in life. I don't mean functional in a, in a fight necessarily, but I mean just functional in life, your quality of life. Yeah. And I feel martial arts can give people that. Well, you, you know, you, you just, that leads me on to something. Uh, I've often said, right, that I have to help my father into the car. Yeah. And he's 70, so he's 10 years younger than Danny Nosanto. Yeah. But Guru Dan was the first person I saw with an iPod. Uh-huh. And we, he was like, that holds, and it was one of the old beige ones. Yeah. And it was like, this holds 10, no, a thousand songs it was. Yeah. And we were like, where? What, yeah. what are they in like in a cartridge? And he went, no, 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 they're downloaded. And I looked at him because he did that, and then he was the first guy I saw with an iPhone and then an iPad. And I'm looking at him going, my, I wouldn't let my dad loose with a remote control. And this is like Guru Dan is still relevant. Yeah. And, you know, we all want to be above average, you know. But this is a guy where, we, like, we live in a society where everything's turned on its head now, where age used to be a venerated thing. If so yeah. elders were always considered, these were the guys you went to because they'd lived their life. Right. And now it's all about youth. And if you don't look great and you don't look young. But he's like the balance of the two. I, I've got a hearing aid now. I need to wear glasses to read to the read. menu right right that was never going to be me yeah i know there's certain things we have to but i i do feel though it's good to i do muay thai in chicago with uh his name is crew richard abraham right maximus muay thai i was made you know an official team member and stuff and uh he's a young guy i mean he's 30 but him being and that really isn't young but compared to me it is and yes 47 tapping into that youth seeing the new way of training how they're doing how he's doing it it kind of gives you rejuvenation it's kind of a fountain of youth yes in that way you know i work out with his guys and we spar and stuff i don't do as well as i'd like to but i'm also going against guys in their 20s you know what i mean so i'm I'm feeling good you know and he lets me do it he lets me be with that group which is an honor in itself along with everybody else that i'm with youth is a good tool it's only one tool but it's just it's a good tool but you take the combination of all this, and the bottom line is, you know, for fighting, nobody really street fights anymore. I mean, you have MMA. You have a chance to vent that somewhere. Yeah. So that type of stuff is gone, which is good. You know, I'm not proud of a lot of stuff that, that happened when I was coming up in this. But that's just what was going on at the time. It's just the way it was. Now you don't have to do that. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be that way. And you could see the beauty in the art. And a lot of it's, you know, it's up to the instructor when he has a student, I think, to see. I I have no problem being open with my students or anybody for that matter. Yeah. Um, I pretty much, you know, wear my heart on the sleeve, like they say. And I think when your students see that, that little, I don't know if the word's vulnerability or mistake that you make or whatever, but they see you have your own challenge that you're developing. If you have a really good student and somebody who understands what's going on, they will look at you with more respect and take more from you, not take in a bad way, but absorb more of what you're giving. Hey, look, I've been through this. Hey, I'm going through this right now, man. You know, that type of thing. And I've learned that, to be honest with you, from Eric's, uh, Coach Eric and uh, Guru Rick. Well, you see, this is is the thing. It's like, I, I think fallibility is actually a strength. Mm-hmm. When people see it and mm-hmm. then they go, right, so you haven't got all the answers. Uh, you know, I'm always at pains to say that. I have students now who are better than me. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I would say you guys could beat me. On your best day, you could beat me easy. But I've managed through a bit of kidology to be able to convince them that they can't. You know, mm-hmm. when, the, when, when, when I drop the hammer on them, they go, oh, God. Right, right. Oh, he's, he's angry again. But we're in very interesting times in martial arts because there's this generation coming through, especially anyone who's connected to the Kali group, because there is a, a big no BS filter here. Because if anyone tried to take themselves seriously, you would just be the butt of the jokes. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have to go, God, I, I can't do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you just have to go in and say, listen, you know, I'm no better or any worse than you. I've just been on the road a little bit longer. And I'm not a Bruce Lee fan. I never was a Bruce Lee fan. You know, Bruce Lee had this whole idea that this was going to be a focal point of interest, that all nationalities could get under this one umbrella and work mm-hmm. out together. Well, there's a, there's a t- you know, I mean, there even in the scriptures, you know, the, the two apostles, uh, Peter and uh, Paul, they didn't get along. I mean, you know, so there's going to be people that you just don't mesh with because, you know, oil and water don't mix. What I mean by that is, you may not necessarily, you know, uh, have a bromance going on. You won't be hanging out all the time or training. But when you see each other, you can always, you know, there's that common, there's that common ground you have. Yeah. You know, we're all part of MKG or we're all part of Guru Dan's lineage or we're all part of CSW or so on and on and on and on. And that kind of, that connection, I think, sometimes can help dissolve any egos that are there. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've seen this before where you see two guys who just cannot get on mm-hmm. and they're diametrically opposed politically or mm-hmm. on a theological basis. Mm-hmm. And then what you do is you just say, you can get on for this hour, can't you? Yeah, mm-hmm. of course you can. Right. And then you say, well, we take that out to the rest of the world. Right. I, don't, I, you know, I don't want you to be John Lennon and love the whole world. Right. All I want you to do is understand that everyone's doing their own thing. Yeah. So you mentioned the scriptures. I've seen this before on Facebook, and I've noticed sometimes that you mention, you know, your faith mm-hmm. and stuff. Has that always been with you your whole life? Or? Yeah, I was raised a Catholic. I'm not a good Catholic. Oh, I'm, I always say I'm a recovering Catholic. Yeah, um, but there's a, I remember a priest was telling me that uh, you could be a poor Catholic but a great Christian, and you could be a great Catholic and a poor Christian. <laughs> you know, so I mean, but I've wow. always I had a problem. One of the reasons I kind of pulled away from the martial arts in the early '90s was because I didn't understand it because I was kind of new to the whole reading the scriptures and stuff. And I kind of was hearing things that it's not good to do martial arts and be a Christian because you know it's about peace and love and that type. Yeah. of thing. I realized that's wrong. And Coach Greg Nelson, another person yes. I trained with, very guy. very religious uh, man. And he's a badass. So, I mean, so if, if he's okay with it, I think I can be. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but I, I feel it's not necessarily the only way, but you have to have a spiritual connection because you could physically train your body. And I did that, but I wasn't doing much mentally. Then spiritually, I was dying, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. But if you train your body physically and then you mentally train your brain, the spiritual side starts to come out. Yeah. And I, I think I put this on Facebook one time where when that spiritual side starts coming out, that's where the scary part comes in, where you're teetering. You don't know which way to turn. And it's kind of funny without sounding weird or a Yoda, whatever it is, the Star Wars stuff where that temptation, the trials that they're going yeah. through, you know, between the dark side and the good side, there is some truth to that. Yeah. You know, because now you're in a vulnerable state. You don't know. And you could go down a bad way. You could go down, you could take it to a good way. And I, and again, I kind of attribute part of that to Sensei Eric because he reminded me where I was with my spirituality that I forgot. Yeah. I love reading scripture. I try to read it in the morning before I come train. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I do read other books as well. I mean, I have no, it's not just those, yeah. the scriptures, but that's my way. Yeah. But you see, this is, this is mm. the thing. It's like me, I, yeah, I was brought up as a Catholic and I basically try and live 
just more of a Buddhist mm-hmm. sort of way. I don't chant or anything like that, yeah. but I just try and go through life doing no harm. Mm-hmm. I have absolutely zero drama in my life. Right. And I always say I want to bring joy. All I want is joy in my life, and all I want to do is bring joy in my life. And I, you know, it's 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 really refreshing to speak to you because thank you. It's the situation where you have to understand that once you once you're able to allow somebody to worship the way they want to worship, mm-hmm. then that's great. But it's like when people try and force it upon you, and that's the other one. Eric, right. Eric will talk to you about it if you're interested. Right. But if you're not. He'll pick up on that and he goes, you know what, okay, all you want is a power double. Well, if you think if you think of what we do in JKD, I mean, that's what Guru Dan talks about. That's what, you know, uh, even what, what uh, Coach Rick was bringing up, you know, about what Guru Dan said. Bad is just undeveloped good. I love that. I mean, and Bruce, you know, Bruce Lee with exposing everything. I mean, nobody's got all the answers, but if you let me be me and discover it. Now, granted, you know, it's nice to have, you know, I got a, I, I got a pretty good front line with these coaches that I work yeah. with, you know what I mean? And, but, you know, they've let, they kind of like let me be me. Yeah. And, and that's what the thing is with your spiritual journey. I, I think if you just let yourself, you could find it and God will guide you. That doesn't mean he may guide you to be a Christian. He may guide you to be a Muslim. Being a Muslim nowadays has got a bad connotation. Unfortunately, I'm not saying I believe that. No. Okay, but it, it, unfortunately it does. Um, or being a Hindu or being a Buddhist or, or whatever. And what I enjoy about it is that freedom because, and a Catholic priest told me this, and that's why I post a lot of this stuff. I asked him about my grandma one time because my grandmother couldn't read. And she was a Catholic, but she liked all the symbols, you know, in the Catholic Church and yes. everything. And, uh, but then, you know, there's some Christians, uh, uh, denominations who believe you have to read the scriptures every day because that's God's word. Yeah. And that's fine. But my grandma couldn't read. So I asked, a, you know, some, a priest that, and I go, well, what about my grandma now? What, what's going to happen? You know, where's her soul? Yeah. What's yeah. going to happen? She's damned because she can't read. And he goes, no, God knows what's in her heart. Yeah. And it's funny. And I go, what about the guy who was raised since birth? To, uh, in the uh, Jewish faith, and they believe that in their heart that it's for them. You know, there's that phrase of, you will know if it's right in here. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's right for you in there. Yeah. My right may not be yours if you follow. That's what I believe. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope I don't get a bunch of no. backlash from different No, people, no, no, but, certainly not. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. It's like you touched on the Muslim thing, and it's like 1.7 billion Muslims on the planet. Mm-hmm. If they were that pissed off with us, we'd know a lot more about it, right? <laughs> so that's one, yeah. right? Yeah. Secondly, more importantly, there's an agenda at the moment that's making us fear our brown brother, which mm-hmm. we have to worry about. Uh, and, and it's a legitimate. It is a legitimate, a legitimate fear. fear. There's no it, doubt. Yeah, there's you know, no but the, the problem is, it's like most people, People are too busy just getting through life right without having to deal with any of this drama right and it, you know it, if you take anything to an extreme this is the thing you know we need oxygen to live but mm-hmm. too much oxygen will kill you too much water will kill you yeah how many times you've seen it in martial arts you guys come in and you're like you gotta give up for a week yeah why because you're burning out yeah but I love martial arts you might love martial arts but Everything in moderation, including moderation. Exactly. And, and that's, and you're right. Religion is the same way or spiritual. I, I, religion is man-made. Spirituality is a little bit different. You know, yeah. that's how I see it. Again, you know, there's a lot of hardcore Christians out there. And, and maybe, it, it, and maybe, and again, maybe my journey will take me to that. Yeah. I, I don't know. But right now where I'm at, you know, I love to sit there and talk to somebody who's a Buddhist and how they do things or uh, a Hindu who believes this, and, and I think that's what's martial arts is the same way. It's JKD. That's Kali. Yeah. We find everything that we like. 
What works good for you? That you, you know, you just hit on hit the nail on the head. It's like if you take sparring the same way that you live your life, mm-hmm. right? So the minute that I'm doing something that is causing another human being so much pain, yeah, we need to get out of here. Yeah, and that's the same way you want to live your life. Yeah. Do you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure. I think we're going yes, to have sir. to go in and do some training. Yeah, but Thank Marcus, you. Nice to meet you, good man. luck with everything in Chicago. I have no doubt you're going to kill it, man. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. You can listen to more shows like this on MixedMartialArts.com. Mixed Martial Arts is an abrupt audio production. Today's show was produced by Luke Berry. Here's a clip from Get Happy, the show where the presenters find different ways to get happy. So when I did Love the Yoga, I went to India and learned how to do it with the man that invented it, who was a guy called Dr. Kataria. And what happened was, one day he was dead sad, so we went to the park, and he was just walking around the None park. None of this is written down. <laughs> Carry was, on. It was really It sounds like Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> this is what he told what, what me. Did you do? Listen, I paid a lot of money for this course, right? So I know that it's bona fide. <laughs> so I went, I went to India, uh, and this is what he told us, basically. He was really sad. He went to the park. It was 4 o'clock in the morning. And in India, it gets so hot that everyone goes to the park at 4 o'clock in the morning. So he was walking around the park, and he met this other bloke, and he said they just started laughing together, right? And they were standing, they were laughing, and then other people saw them laughing, so they came over and started laughing. At 4 in the morning? Is laughing a euphemism for something? <laughs> That was a clip from Get Happy, our new comedy podcast where presenters find different ways of getting happy. Hear more like this and my show on abruptaudio.com.